0: Hi, happy 2021 to you. I hope you're safe and healthy and continue to be so in the upcoming months. Like everyone, I'm ecstatic to leave 2020 behind and wish for this year to bring delight, comfort and hope for a better future. And talking about hope, I thought this episode to be a fitting release to begin 2021 to realize that no matter how gloomy or vengeful this reality might seem sometimes, there are people who are working day in and day out to make this world a better place. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, I'm Swati Rawat and welcome to the Visionary Podcast where I talk to visionary Indian women with inspiring, intriguing and aspirational stories. In episode 32, our Visionary is Aparna Rajavat, founder of Pink Belt Mission an NGO which works towards empowering women and children by providing health awareness, safety techniques, legal rights, cybercrime, self-defence, computer literacy and vocational training. The organisation is also awarded a Guinness World Record for organising the largest self-defence session. Aparna is a renowned motivational speaker and feminist activist who has a dynamic background in sports and has won numerous national championships in martial arts. Tune in as Aparna talks about her motivation to start Pink Belt mission, her journey so far, and vision for this mission. Okay, so I belong to
1: Agra, born and brought up here. So I belong to Rajput's family, which is, you know, very traditional, we six, six siblings together. Hmm. Um, so two brothers we had, um, and four sisters. And, you know, since childhood, because uh, I would say my eldest brother, who was uh, very much in charge of the family, like all four sisters. So um, my three sisters, those were, um, I would say, culturally very well behaved and uh, they were what my brothers, my father wanted them to be. Hmm. And I was since my childhood. You can you can call me rebel because people were calling me, but I was not rebel. I was very opinionated. I yeah. always raise a question. The why? Uh, because so many times I couldn't understand in my childhood why boys are allowed to do that, girls are not allowed to do this. So every time, like my my mother was giving me. Like, you know, this is boys' uh, work. This is a girl's work. And I always ask, where is the book where it's written? <laughs> That's a man's work. This is the woman's work. And men can do this. Women cannot do this. Like, yeah. show me. Who made who made all of that? And obviously, uh, because I was the only one, uh, being a female, raising this kind of questions, everybody was just shut up and following the way they were told to be. And uh, so that was my childhood and uh, i was in primary up to that i was in a co-education school and in a co-education i would say what uh, really uh, took my attention because one of my brother i would say both brothers were very much when you say dictator in charge sometimes they were bullied too because uh, with all my three sisters they were kind of sheep, mm. and i was the one who was raising questions obviously they never liked it so so many times i was hit by them so many times i was beaten by them I wanted to play with boys. I wanted to sometimes like it was a very, very harsh punishment by both of them. So mm. it was uh, for me, maybe physical strength. Uh, I should have to survive, you know, in within my own family. When I went to my school, it's the same story. There's so many boys were always not nice and the kind of a bully in the schools too. So I was the one like fighting for myself. I was the one fighting for the girls too. But what really frustrated me at that time that why these girls are not standing for themselves. Why mm-hmm. I have to speak for them. At home, why I have to speak for my other sisters. Why they're not speaking for themselves. So that was always a thing in my heart. Anyways, I'll cut it short. Long story short is, so that uh, inspired me to have physical strength and near my home neighborhood, there was a martial art class. But at that time, only boys were getting training, girls were not taking any training there. Mm -hmm. So I always, I thought once I have this, you know, physical strength, that training, martial art, then I would not be bullied at my own home and also not schools because I was always on target because I was fighting for other girls too, with these boys. So that is how I, that came like that. I was seeded in my childhood that physical strength is very much needed
0: yeah and so, did you
1: did you start your martial arts training then early on I was I started when I was like you know eight years old but obviously at that time in that class no no boys were there no girls were there only boys were there yeah so uh, it was I knew that my dad would never give me permission to learn martial arts so I was after my mom and I was like I really wanted to learn and my mom kept saying no your father brothers will never send but and then when my mom saw I'm keenly interested. Then she took permission from my dad to send me to the drawing class along with my sister. Mm. But the plan was that she will go to drawing class. She will do my work and her work too. And during that time, I'll go to my martial art class. Mm. So nobody would know. That was a secret between three of us, my mother, my sister and me. But after six months and I was really uh, becoming very good in martial art, my coach asked me to uh, play my first tournament at Agra. And at that time, I defeated state champion, uh, Mayura Sharma. Next day, my photo came in a newspaper. That's how my dad dad got to know. Oh. And uh, obviously, he was so furious that uh, we lied behind him. And that whole story was going on behind him. He was living with my mother. And obviously, so that, uh, I, I can say that was a gap. Then after for six, seven months, they didn't send me anywhere. Like, obviously, school, except that not outside for playing or anything but my coach kept coming after my dad that she is uh, really in 6 months she defeated state champion blue belt person so she has the potential and you should send so i don't know my uncle and other coaches started coming then then my father was not happy with that decision but he said okay just take it because my mom was so anyways at the eventually he sent me and uh, the most surprising part was when i won for my country uh, in South Asian Championship uh, medal and all these media people and uh, like 14 times I was national champion and after that I was the first woman who won any medal for my country in South Asia Karate Championship and media came and my dad surprisingly (laughs) said at that time you know I'm a Rajput man but I never discriminate between my daughters and son I was the one fought with whole world to send my daughter to the karate class so he took all the credit but I was happy at least he's proud of something at least Mm. even um, that is not true what he's saying but uh, even seeing him proud of me that was a big deal for me actually Mm. so uh, in studies I've done masters uh, like MBA and uh, I've done masters in English too And uh, after that, uh, actually at the age of 17, 18, I had major road accident. So I could not continue my martial art. And then I had to drop. But you know, that seed was always in my head to teach self-defense to the woman. When I was in school, I I told you, I wanted to strengthen all these girls to speak for themselves. Mm. So this was in me. And uh, when I was only eighth or ninth standard, maybe like 13 years old, I started teaching at that time girls i had eight classes three before my school and uh, three four after my school mm-hmm. so people didn't know at that time self defense i want i was teaching these girls without knowing that is a self defense that mm-hmm. how to defend themselves when i was 13 yeah. years old so and for do you like just put some perspective
0: uh, this is around what time what year
1: i would say that was in 90s okay uh, my 90s i was in high school in 95 or 97 so okay. yeah, from eighth standard. So I would say ninety three, ninety four, during okay. that time okay. I started teaching. Yeah, some decades ago. <laughs> yeah, decades ago, two decades ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Aparna, let's talk about the present um, and what you're doing now. So can you tell me what is uh, Pink Bell Mission? Um, when did it begin, and what was the motivation to uh, start something like this? Um, um, as I
1: said earlier, that always. Uh, uh, that was in the seed in me to train every girl uh, of my city because uh, in my childhood mind, uh, I thought if my city girls will train, like Agra girls will train, then everything uh, will be solved. Uh, mm. But I didn't know that is Agra is not only a town in this whole world; it's a whole country, and beyond that, it's a whole world. So uh, when I had to leave my martial art and I uh, did all my. Uh, all these degrees and then i became i came in a tourism i became international tour director i moved to london i started living there and that time you know uh that nirbha incident i think that shaken everyone uh in this country even beyond this country and that again like you know the seed was always there but that was a trigger moment for me and i think i was very much um, keen into knowing all the process what is going on about that And then it made me really very much um, you know, uh, obsessed about knowing more of women crime, like what is exactly scenario in India. Mm -hmm. So I started, when I go to NCRB, National Crime Bureau, and I saw all these details that every 13 minutes, one woman rape in India. Every uh, day, there are six women face gang rape in India. Every Mm -hmm. month, there are 29 victims of acid attack there is more than 65 dowry deaths every month. And after that, it was written in one of the uh, survey that is only 80% cases, which is reported, which you can see in that report, Uh, not 80%, sorry, 20% cases are reported, 80% are not even reported. And I thought that cannot be true because it is already seems so big. So I took a long time because, you know, uh, when I said, uh, when I was in my childhood time, my brother uh, were really bullies. So I would say it's not only hitting or beating. It was really sometimes very violent. Mm -hmm. And violent is like my, my three fingers broken once. Uh, my brother like beaten me that much and like this kind of thing it was really harsh sometimes which became very ugly it's very uncomfortable to talk about that but so many times I faced um, at my own home by my brothers this kind of violence that I couldn't believe that any any so it was from that time that why and earlier I thought maybe that is the way women are raised But when I started working as a tour manager, international tour manager, and I traveled 22 countries, I started meeting with different women. Then I really got to know different perspective, being in India, raised in India, or seeing this English woman, American woman. And there I find out, I really started getting self-worth. I started feeling proud to be a woman Mm -hmm. and not some kind of victim or some kind of secondary citizen. So that gave me so much clarity, actually. And I wanted every woman of India should feel like I felt after leaving from India. Why not to be in India and feel like this? So that was the thing that uh, Nirbha definitely, I would say trigger. But after that two years, three years, I did all the research about women crime, what is happening, what women are facing. And then I didn't know how to start, but I thought I'm not gonna put black DP on my WhatsApp. Or Mm -hmm. just watching videos of Candle March or be a part of Candle March. I really wanted to do something about it. Not 10 days being said and after that live normal life and wait for another incident. I want to go beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I came back in 2016. And to be honest, I didn't know where to start. So, But I always believe whenever you really want to get something in life that always foundation stone is being placed by Almighty. And that really happened to me. that, that's a long story, but somehow I someone invited me after knowing my whole experience or my achievements, being a martial art uh, player or international medalist. that uh, the person told me he has uh, some coaching center where 17 to 25 years girls come uh, and study there to okay. get a government job. And he asked me, can you come and talk to them? So, what I'm going to talk, he said, just uh, because I'm a tour manager, I can say his left side is Eiffel Tower, right side is Trafalgar mm-hmm. Square. I <laughs> think <laughs> <And he laughs> Mike in the bus, that only I know. And he said, no, the achievements yeah. you have, the life you lived, I think just talk about yourself because these girls, they are um, not having any kind of motivation, inspiration. So, maybe by seeing you, you are setting example for them. So, I was not convinced, but I was insistent. So, I said, okay, I'll come. But, you know, the moment changed my life. 76 girls were there. I was not a motivational professional speaker at that moment. I just mm-hmm. talked by my heart what I felt from last three years. And you won't believe after 45, 50 minutes, by, when I started wrapping my bag and started keeping these, all girls were around me. And I, I thought they wanted mm-hmm. to say, like, did I say something wrong? They are. they come like, why are you wasted our 45 minutes or something? And I look at them and say, what? Uh, one girl said, ma'am, can we please hug you? Because... I feel my life has changed from now on. Anyone believe seventy six hugs I got from every girl? They were crying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was the moment I yeah. thought my words really has that power that I can change somebody's life. And that was the moment people started calling me for inspirational, motivational speeches, other schools, other colleges. Then I thought I was expert in martial art. If I'm going to teach these girls, like just. About this, why not to add self-defense? So I added self-defense. And I thought they should know also legal rights because when 354 section I read, there's so much law in a favor of that more than 50 seconds, 15 seconds of somebody will stare at you, that is a crime. If someone is singing a song, if teasing, that is a crime. Mm-hmm. Like so many things talking either either in digital world or virtual world, that is a crime. But we don't know our own rights. So I added legal rights. Then I thought they should have some safety apps, also digitally, because social media, girls started calling me on social media, people are stalking us, or they made our fake account, like this kind of thing. So two years, I just did, I didn't know a project name. I was just working just everywhere I was needed. Whoever called me, I reached there. Any village, any town, any city, wherever. After two years, I thought what woman I expertise. And I got to know by my experience that five dimension of women are strengthened, Hmm. then that can call strong women empowered women, which is emotional strength, legal strength, digital strength, legal strength, and physical strength. If women are strengthened, then obviously six dimension is financial strength. But obviously, we cannot expect 10 or 11 years old girl to like financially Empowered at that time, but these five in terms of safety. So uh, then I gave a name. Pink is uh, denoted obviously woman. Belt is a power because I was martial art player. So I thought belt is a sign of power. So pink belt, uh, and that is my mission for whole life. So that's why I gave a name mission because I devoted my life for this mission of when I started that already. So that is the name I gave and five dimension. Uh, I kept it in my project. And now that uh, whenever we have this all-round safety project anywhere, we don't only teach self-defense, legal, digital, emotional, mental. Because mental strength, women are raised in India for two roles. I'm not saying, I'm talking about you and me and like all these big city women. But 65% population in India live in villages. Yeah. And when I really went to these villages, what I read, you know, 80% cases are unreported. There, I got to know reality. Mm-hmm. Because in these villages, okay, forget about 14, 15 years old girls. Six, seven years old girls, I met like hundreds of victims, I can't tell you. Yeah. They these age, these girls even don't know what is happening with them. Their own uncles, their own mama, because when I take these trainings, I also train my Trainers, whenever faces are changed, whenever tears are in the eyes, whenever the child stops looking at you, take this child at a side and ask. Mm-hmm. And there we got to know how many victims are hidden in these small villages and towns and cities. Mm-hmm. So actually, that is that is what a fuel behind me to continue because more I see, more I, I've gone deep into
0: my mission to
1: bring some changes in this country
0: for a betterment of women yeah and abana while you were you were telling me your story i literally got goosebumps you know and it's an absolutely Thank incredible work that you're doing but but abana, so i want much. to know more about this so walk me through the process right um when you if someone contacts you let's just say someone in the rural part of of um up or jharkhand is contacting and they want you to uh, conduct these self-defense classes over there how do you go about mm. it do you have trainers over there? How long is the session? Uh, and then do you leave trainers uh, behind who sort of continue that for, let's just say, a couple of more months? Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, how it works, that is also, I uh, planned it uh, for, uh, for my, my uh, weights, uh, very well planned. Because, you know, I'm one person. If I plan to give training to every woman of this country, I need lives, not ears. Yeah. Yeah. I need to come here for hundreds of lives. Yeah. So what I can do is making my kind of so many people because two hands cannot do that. But two thousands and can do mm. two thousand more than me. So how I do it? I go to one city, right? And in one city, there is first processes founder workshop, which is I personally take that workshop. So in that, I contact authorities. I contact uh, school. If authorities uh, uh, willing to associate with me, it's easier for me. Mm-hmm. So in that way, we book one uh, venue where we want to conduct this session. We try to get there as many women as possible. But we try. We always focus on college-going girls, rather school girls okay. or professional girls. So there, I have a session with them for three three and a half hours. In this three and a half hour session, it's a very, very powerful, super power, powerful session. Like every girl is two inches taller after that session, to be honest, right? So we have like all five dimension. Uh, I talk like so many inspirational, emotional uh, speech in that whole uh, legal rights, what uh, there's some right, rights women must know. And then we come to digital, how they can keep themselves safe what is a cyber crime like these all so very informative very powerful and in that i have 45 minutes self defense session active okay. session okay. so this is actually my my whole idea behind that is not training in three hours i will give them everything my whole idea is making volunteers as many as possible through my session hmm. there are uh, i would say if there are two thousand girls for instance there are always in every place, eight, nine hundred, like every girl want to be a volunteer after that because their session is like that. They see mm-hmm. there is a hope, there is a light after dark tunnel through Pinkback Mission. So that's why everybody want to be part of that. So, but we have limited numbers. So eight, nine hundred volunteer. And then I have eight, nine hundred volunteers in that city. Mm-hmm. So I came just one and now I have 800 hands with me. I take their... Three to four days training and make them trainers, master trainers. So I give them manual of uh, whatever I'm telling them. Like I have a manuals of uh, self defense, digital right, legal. So I have all these manuals. Four days, it is ten to five training. I make them master trainers. Now these eight hundred trainers, then I make a team, area wise. So uh, for uh, example, Lucknow. It's a big city. So in Lucknow, I wherever they live that. Whole area, so I have mm. a 50 girls team is there, 50 there. So it is like uh, teams. I divide, I make whole hierarchy in that. Like you are a PR head, you are this head, you are trainer head, you are allocation head within a team, mm. right? Then I go to higher authority their DM mostly, and I uh, request them to give us access, like some kind of authority letter or make us meet with DSO, district inspector of schools, DIOS, mm. BSA, or uh, that's a regional higher education officer. So there are three, four officers come, those have all this school, like those are authorities. So mm. I coordinate because once DM is uh, on the board, then it is very, very easy for us. Why I'm telling you I have to go to authority because if I send my trainers directly to the school, colleges, university, most of them they don't even see it is as importance mm-hmm. of this kind of training to their student. They they because that is a problem that women's security is not considered in that country as a prime problem. Yeah. So that's the that's the thing. Whenever these girls go, they don't even consider them. It's a free training, we don't charge anything. And these girls, those are volunteers, they are so inspired by that six months. They want to just go and train other women because they promised me they're gonna just. So that's why we have to involve authority. Once we have a letter then school and colleges will not deny. And these Mm. officers are involved. Then these girls goes to school, college, university and train. That's how we train mass number of women. Mm. So when I say like one and half lakh, I can say last two years, that is the way. I didn't go personally to every, and then these trainer also. When I uh, told you that they go to uh, training, uh, training, and so many small girls, young girls, they are victimized, and so that's how I train them for that too. So I have hundreds of stories which really break anybody's heart. Yeah. If I tell you that that many of story, but thing is that that's why. Thank you so much for giving this opportunity because through you, the thing is that we can train, but we don't have any power. We are yeah. so helpless. We know that is happening with this girl, but I I don't want to say it, but we with their problems, I reach to higher authorities. Hmm. I even send them videos. I send them like this is a story. Can you please do something? And I was told by even a police officer that you see, you are a motivational speaker, you are a trainer, just do that. Don't try to just bring this kind of stories. There are thousands, we cannot help everyone. I was really literally shocked that I left my flourish career, mm. came back to India to do something. And the, through your platform, I want to say, doing good work in India is the most difficult thing. If you don't have a reason why you are doing that. Because everywhere I go, I'm asked that, why are you doing that? Are you looking for money? Are you looking for fame? Are you looking for when I don't give them any answer? Because money, you can see all my accounts. I'm spending my own saving awards obviously i don't go with any of because i've been working from last four years and i never went to any media like three months ago to just i'm doing this because i really wanted to work i didn't care media i didn't care about sending my story or anywhere this is a three months because uh, the person joined me uh, our mission and uh, mansi chandraji she is one of the entrepreneur of uh, shoe export business and she encouraged me. She said, Aparna, you have to show to the world what you are doing because by seeing you, there's so many people, maybe they have that same kind of spirit. Absolutely. So seeing you, they would get inspired. Either they'll join you or they will do because this is not a business. You want that so many people to stand by by seeing you. So that the story should go out. And there's so, so many people will be standing to do as, I met you and I'm, I was inspired and I'm your hand now. There's so many people, in that once you have this mass number of people, do you have, then you can do so much. Then absolutely, just yeah. standing by yourself. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes. Yes. so that's the way. And mm-hmm. and I mean, it's it's absolutely my pleasure that I I get to have yeah. you on my podcast and on my show. No, no, it no, no. Means, means the word to me. Success. I mean people like you, women like you are the reason why I wanted to start this show in the first place. And I'm so glad um, I was able to get you on the show. But Aparna, tell me something. Um, What are some of the challenges that you're facing due to the lockdown? I mean, because I'm, I'm the the work that you're doing is so incredible but at the same time um i mean i understand the 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 advocacy part of it right you want to let women know about their legal rights and everything uh but at the same time the the actual physical task where you were training these women on self-defense exercises that was crucial right how are you doing that Mm -hmm. now under lockdown and during this pandemic
1: you know pandemic is the best thing happened to me i'm telling i'm actually like about that because the people are suffering <laughs> no, no, suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah thing is that because i uh it's still six months i lived uh, i go out of india and america and six months i come here work here on my international tourism too and in a gap but this time i always uh, last year i met with uh, uh one of um rupal shah was her name she worked in indian embassy i think she's a third mm-hmm. secretary Uh, and very very influential woman Mm -hmm. and uh, she told me Aparna that's uh, you know um, you have to be at one place because the way you are roaming around and going there six months you are here people started losing uh, you know that spirit and that motivation in India Mm -hmm. so this time when pandemic happened that made me stay in India for long and uh, my profession is not gonna work international tourism so I think uh, I can live my passion more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So uh, otherwise mm-hmm. I would have gone by that time. So now one and a half year, I want to just uh, do that hardened job here. So that is the one thing. And secondly, I, this time I started focusing on team building earlier, because I was only a person, you know, that is not the company. It is nonprofit, which I started without any help, without any finance, without any fund, without any, uh, you know that's a uh, godfather or anyone it was just me yeah I was the pink belt and I had trainers I was training Guys were inspired and becoming part of that so this time uh, when I met Mansi Chandra during world uh, Guinness world record event uh, in 19, on 19 February mm-hmm. we made world record so at that time that was the woman who changed my whole perspective and she told me that mm-hmm. you have to be because if you want to train because that is my mission to train every woman like the training would go in my lifetime see how much i will achieve but that is my mission that is my goal so uh this time i uh, opened my first office of pink belt at agra and okay. uh, i i gave uh, five six my main trainers i financially empowered them they joined the office and now we are uh, working properly on uh, volunteers because earlier, we, whichever city I went, there are hundreds of girls started following, becoming volunteer, become trainer. But we lost a contact. So this time we started uh, creating a community among us. So now mm. I started having, because earlier we didn't know Zoom, to be honest. I uh, used it yeah. with my like US uh, people, but uh, uh, different kind of uh, tools or different kind of sites. So uh, Zoom meetings So now digitally, obviously it grown up so much from last six months. So now uh, we find it so easy uh, to have Zoom meetings. So now I started working on team building. I started collecting my team. I started going to different state because my target is uh, in next six months, every state should have one pink belt team and then see how many cities we are gonna pitch in every state. So, this started happening yeah. uh, so much, spreading so well. And uh, every uh, Saturday, I have a Zoom meeting with all my trainers all over India. And uh, we mm. started also sessions online for the uh, same in a Zoom. So, now digitally, we started training these girls. Yeah, physically, you know, we cannot train self defense, but I made videos. I agree, yeah. I made videos because okay. physically I cannot go. So, I made videos. And I started spreading these videos among my trainers. Whenever I'll come to your city, mm. I will train you personally. But by that time, you had you have some material. Just watch this video because self-defense, yeah. what I teach, I always, I give a guarantee it is not a martial art. People have so much misconception about um, yeah. self-defense. They thought they have to be like Rajnikant When they have one <laughs> punch and 10 people are flying over his heart, that is not self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So
0: yeah so uh, and Aparna yeah. I mean um, I, I'm, I'm like a broken record I'm repeating myself but it's absolutely fantastic the work that you're doing uh, thank you so much. Um, and there's just n- not enough words that I can you know put in uh, here that can um, really express my gratitude uh, for all your efforts you. but tell me Aparna I mean this has been such a such a fantastic story what is the vision that you're setting up for yourself um, for the future? both personally and, and, you know, by professionally, I mean, through Pink Belt.
1: Um, first of all, I, uh, we started at Agra already. So I, we started from this town. So I talk first about Pink Belt. Uh, so Pink Belt, every state, there should be a team because I always say in my speeches, you know, that Asifa, Nirbhya, Priyanka, how many, like it's, it's countless. If every city there are 2000 women are together, that is my whole idea behind world record. I was not looking for Guinness World Certificate, honestly. I didn't really damn care of that. I just wanted to teach Agra city, which is my hometown. That's, you know, that's a concept of who cares if my daughter is safe. My neighborhood daughter is suffering. That's not, it is none of my business so that who cares kind of attitudes should changed hmm. so i when i started like 12500 agra kind of city when you cannot collect even 100 women they came yeah. like it was a whole wave at agra that will fight later first we should stay we should learn to stand together and hmm. standing for each other that is a creating community that sisterhood that is needed so every hmm. city of the two th- thousand women will be standing we don't have to beg for justice justice will come to us so this is my idea behind that every city uh, that pink belt team should be there and also we should have support system when i said we started at agra we started support system we are still its a pipeline we are working on it which is we have one like kind of community center for women For everything, women cannot go to police because of their reputation, because of like so many, you know, we are Indian women, so we know for everything, even there are so many unlimited number of young girls. Yeah, Those call me, those are because our society is like this, girls from the way in so many families, girls are raised from their childhood, they are so discriminated by their own parents. They're different kind of validation for boys, different validation for daughters. Yeah. And because they started feeling, because they're, they're devalued as secondary citizen at their own home. When they're 14, 15 years old, they're looking for that attention. They're looking for that love because they're so unfulfilled emotionally. Hmm. And from 15, 16 years of age of that, there is, they don't care even that's a 30 years old man giving them attention. Emotionally, they are that hollow from inside. They just go for that. They drown for it. And they ended with blackmailing. They ended with because, you know, what happens is that so many calls comes like that. And in India, to talk their own parents, because if they go to their own parents, they are going to lose their freedom or everything. So they choose to be blackmailed by this man, rather going to their own parents and telling them. What is, because what then is it becomes your
0: fault
1: yeah become their fault it's a totally yeah. daughter fault so so many girls it's a similar kind of thing that they are going through and it's, it's not spoken in India but that lead to suicide or suicidal tendencies so when I say that community center we're like you know just by talking to them they have no one they are in deep dark cloud and no one to talk so there is this kind of center, which is they can have a legal rights. They can have, uh, you know, some doctors are on the panel. So when I say support system, some uh, social activists should be on the panel, some doctors, some lawyers, some trainers, some counselors. So they, for everything, police cannot solve What they cannot go to police. So they can come to this kind of centers. There are regular classes. So I want to like have this kind of helpline number through pink in all major cities. Okay, and give a training to every woman that is through Pink Belt. And okay. what is the mission of Pink Belt? Pink Belt, the rajawat is not different now. I devoted my life to Pink Belt, and whatever is the vision or mission of Pink Belt, that is my own personal mission of vision.
0: If you were inspired by Aparna's story and would like to donate to Pink Belt Mission, please visit pinkbeltmission.org. You'll find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening in and please subscribe to the show to catch the next episode. You can follow us on Instagram to stay in touch and get all the updates. Our Instagram handle is vision.nari. That's V-I-S-I-O-N dot N-A-R-I. If you know a visionary that I should feature on this podcast, write to me at podcast at the rate gmail.com. That's T-H-E-V-I-S-I-O-N NARI podcast at the rate This podcast is produced by Lonchora, a storytelling and creative learning platform. Theme music is created by Diala Swain. She's a uniquely talented music producer from New Zealand. Do check out her music on SoundCloud or follow the link in the description. I'll see you guys soon with a new visionary. Have a great day.